Get your browser on and see if it's IE, Firefox, Chrome, Safari. Get on it. Get on the Crystal Show right now. I am Crystal Hickerson, and I would like to welcome you all to the Crystal Show. There's too many free meals out here, folks. Hey, look, let me pick something. I want the cheddar biscuits. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's going to be cool. It's going to be nice. We're going to talk. We're going to get real down and dirty. Hi, guys. My name's Becky. You're on the Crystal Show. I didn't call for you to make fun of me. I, 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 I had a technical not, problem. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you and a little bit at you. People say, well, don't talk about religion and politics. I say right. yes. Talk about it. Talk about it. Because what do you want to go to a boring cocktail party? <laughs> I don't like her. I mean, how, how old are we? What grade are we in? One man, American, crime, wave. Because the feds knew. Y'all might have to come back because that's going to be a whole different show altogether. That's what I'm talking about. All right. All right. All right. Make some noise. 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 That's right, y'all. We are back. This is the Crystal Show featuring Dre. And um, it is Thursday night. It is 9 p.m. And you are exactly where you ought to be, and that is right here, listening to The Crystal Show live. That's right. That's what I'm talking about. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in live and listening or listening to the podcast, if that's what you're doing, because that's cool, too. If you're listening live, I would like um, for you at any time, you can call in, you can voice your opinion on tonight's topic. Um, All you have to do is dial 657-383- 0554 and press 1 and then you can be put into the queue and you can just, you know, voice your opinion or just say hello. This is the premiere show. So we're just having a good time, enjoying ourselves and um, we're going to be talking about the 90s so I thought we kind of go do a backtrack in order to do a future track. You feel me? Yeah, you know, it's it's all complicated. It's complicated, man. You got to get into it. But, um, you know, it's there. And let me tell you something. We're going to have a good time tonight, and we're going to, we have a wonderful guest. We have Amy Burnett, who's on the line. She's going to be chiming in. We have Dre on the line. He's going to be chiming in. And we're just going to be chilling, having a good time. But what I want you to do, okay, what I want you to do right now is to write down the number six. Five seven three eight three zero five five four, and just put that in your phone. So every Thursday night at nine p.m., all you have to do is just click it, and boom, you're here. You don't even have to press one to say anything. All you have to do is just chill and listen. That's all you got to do is just listen to us, so have a good time, and enjoy yourself. Now, I do want to say we're like PBS. You know what PBS is? The Public Motherfucking Broadcasting System. Okay, we are PBS. And what that means is you have to pay by simply sharing the the show to your friends, to your Facebook friends, to your Twitter friends. That's all you got to do to have a good time. You just share it with your friends and say, I had a good time listening to the Crystal Show. It was dope. It was great. I don't know. Do they say dope anymore? They did in the 90s, and that's what we're talking about. So, they ha- you know, we are just going to have a good time. And if you want your friends to also have a good time with you, then all you have to do is let them know. 
because, you know, it's, it's, it's free entertainment, man. So what are you going to do? But tonight's topic is going to be back to the 90s with Dre, and I am welcoming Amy Burnett, who is our guest, but she's not really a guest. You know how you have people who are your friends and your family who come to your house and they act like they're guests, and you're like, I don't know why you're acting new on me. Just go in and get you something to eat. Just go to the bathroom. You ain't going to ask me. Amy is that type of person, okay, to me. And the reason why she is that type of person is because she and I are both living legends on the Talk to Q radio show. And Q has chimed in, so we definitely have to say hello to him soon. But, you know, she's like that. So she doesn't really, she's not really a guest. She is like a homie, and she's just going to be having a good time with us the entire show. So we're just going to have a good time. We're going to talk about the 90s. We're going to talk about all kinds of things. The one thing I do want to tell you about the Crystal Show is don't be afraid to be opinionated and to say exactly what you feel even if it doesn't agree with me or doesn't agree with Dre, that's cool. That's cool, you know. I mean, you know, don't be surprised if I hang up on you or something if you don't agree with me. I mean, I hate that shit. But, you know, hey, if you don't, that's cool. That's cool. And so it's that type of show. It's an adult. It's, not, it's 9 o'clock for some of us, for the real people on the eastern side. It's 9 o'clock. And, um, but, you know, for everyone else or if you're listening on the podcast, you know, just enjoy and have a good time. So that's what we're all about. But the first thing I want to do is to bring on my friend, Amy, to the show. I want her to be on. I want her to chill. What's up, Amy? Hey, Crystal. How's it going? Hey, Dre. Uh, and just uh, excited to do this show and take it back to the 90s. Man, the 90s were such a great era, such a fun time in my life. And um, I'm just excited about the show tonight. Thanks so much, Amy. I'm... First of all, oh, right, wait, wait. Did I hear someone familiar? You know you heard me. <laughs> you know you did. You know you heard me. People, we are back like we <laughs> never, ever went away. That's right, Pick baby. Pick up the phone, dial the number, 657-383-0554. Put it in your speed dial mental Rolodex, tweet to all your friends. I just did, you know, so just do it. Have fun. You know you want to. We, I got two beautiful women right here on the air with me right now. That's I'm in right. Ha- I'm in and you both, you got you got black and white, so you can take your pick, baby. You know, no, I was you, daddy. <laughs> you know how we do the Oreo. You know how we do it. I don't even know why you're playing. You know how we do the Oreo. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, now I do want to bring on my ultimate mentor and in my head and actuality, and that's Q from the Talk to Q radio show. And if you ain't listening to him, I don't know what the hell you've been listening to. But anyway, what's <laughs> up, Q? What's going on, Crystal? Welcome back. I am so excited to hear you over the airways again. What's up, Dre? Amy, how what's are going you? on, brother? Hi, Q. What's going on tonight? Not too much. I'm just sitting back, and it, it feels funny being on the other end, you know, and not hosting. I get to sit back, relax, and just enjoy myself. Well, see, that's how I want to do it, you know. That's how I want to do it, Q. I want you to enjoy yourself. I want you to have a good time and enjoy, and that's what it's all about tonight. And I do want to um, first 
I know this is the premiere show. This is, you know, us coming back, um, Dre and I. And I want to kind of get into why we kind of went ghost on your asses, okay? And it is an actual, a good reason and a real reason, and I do want to talk about it. And even though we're going to have a good time tonight, I, I, I may say some things that you might go, oh, but hey, everything's cool. First of all, I, I do want to say that last year, um, our show was going strong. We were having a great time. Everything was beautiful. <laughs> and then a few things happened. And one of those things was I, yes, Crystal, I, I got cancer. And it was breast cancer. And I, and I do not mind putting it out there for everybody because I went through something that a lot of women go through. You know, we go through it because we were born with breasts. God damn it. And <laughs> you guys, you, you love breasts. You get to suck on them. You get to kiss them. And you get to, you know, go and all that shit. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it does hurt us. Okay? It does hurt us in, as, as a fact of, I don't know if it's the curse of Eve. <laughs> I don't know. But the thing is, I did get breast cancer in one breast. And so during that time for the last, um, nine months, I have been, you know, trying to stay alive, okay? I, um, and I know uh, Q knows a little bit about this, a lot about this, actually. And um, I was trying to stay alive, so I went through treatment, and I went through chemo, and I went through surgery, and all of that. And even though it was hell on wheels, and for my Star Trek fans, who I hope are listening, at least on the podcast at least, um, if you watched Voyager, Star Trek, I know I'm geeking out on you guys, but if you watched that, then there was an episode or two episodes called The Year of Hell. <laughs> and if you know anything about that, that's exactly kind of what I went through, The Year of Hell. And, and you know, it's, it's, I'm on the other side of it almost. And um, I can definitely see the light at the end of the tunnel. So I am blessed. I am reborn, quite frankly. I'm not going to get all religious on you guys, okay? <laughs> but um, I have had a kind of a, um, a new beginning in my life. And I actually feel better. Because before that, I was getting a little tired. I didn't know why. I'd go to work, come home, and I'd just be exhausted. Didn't know why um, until, of course, you know, finally I went to the doctor and had a mammogram and all that kind of stuff. And um, I am writing about it, and I'm doing a series of survival books, which will talk about cancer, which will talk about other things in my life that I have survived. And, hey, they can't kill me. <laughs> you know, I'm still here, bitches. Sorry. So, you know, I'm still here kicking ass, and I will still be making um, the Crystal Show, still be doing um, the Get Crystallized Celebrity Buzz, which, in fact, people love chiming in on my Get Crystallized and calling me bitches, and you don't know what the hell you're talking about. I love that shit. It's beautiful. It's life, man. It's life, man. So, <laughs> so you know, so that. That is why, you know, we kind of 
had to go on a hi- hiatus, you know, because I was down for a while. Um, I was bald. The whole deal. The whole deal. But you know what? Like I said, it was a beautiful thing as far as it made me realize what life is really about. And let me tell you something. Doing this show, um, writing my novels, doing the celebrity buzz on the YouTube, is that's what makes me happy. And I, I realized that you got to do what makes you happy, man. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah we got to go to work. Yeah, we got to go to work. We got to do all that. We got to pay the bills, whatever. But whatever yeah. makes you happy is what you should be focusing on. That's what you should spend your hours, your time. And I know me and Q have talked about this, about how we do the show, and sometimes it seems like we don't get any credit for it, blah, blah, blah. But we love it. And no doubt. we do it because, you know, we don't get paid for this. You know it, Q, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, we don't get we don't get anything for this. Just the love of um, from the people who call in regularly and just having a good time. It's like uh, hanging out with friends at a bar. Exactly, and hopefully one day we will get paid for it, you know, or we will get recognized for the things that we do. But right now, you know what? So what? So what? We love it. We do it, and it's work. Hey, don't think that we just you know, get on the show and then boom, we turn on the microphone and we're just here. No, 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 no. This is preparation and all that shit. So, but I just wanted to say that I wanted, I wanted to share because, you know, let me tell you something. That's what I'm about right now. I'm about sharing. I'm about opening myself up to life, to um, you guys, to, um, you know, to everything that is around me. And I'm not going to get too flower child on you, but that's basically what I wanted to say, what I wanted to, um, you know, incorporate to all of, to everyone listening. Um, If God, you know, prepared me, you say God prepares you for so many things, or I don't know how much it prepares you for a lot of the things that you go through, but I guarantee you that you'd be amazed at what you can live through. And the last year has been pure hell. It's like, you know, let me just, I'll say this and then I'll stop and we'll move on to something great and fun. But um, just for people who don't understand what chemo is, chemo is like, let's say a fly landed on your chest. (laughs) And your friend said, hold up, I got a machine gun. (laughs) Let me shoot you. And then I'll kill the fly so it will no longer be on your chest. And you go, wait a minute, um, won't you kill me too? He's like, well, yeah, 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 you know, I'll hurt you, but I'll stitch you back up. You'll be fine. Don't worry about it, but we got to get rid of this fly. So you're like, okay. So he shoots you <laughs> with his machine gun <laughs> and kills the fly, but you're bleeding on the ground. So he stitches you up. Now, this happens every week <laughs> or every three weeks or every whatever your you know situation is and hopefully you won't die <laughs> out of that he can sit you up and you will live that's basically what chemo is so if you are in a situation where you are dealing with cancer um have um helped someone who is 
dealing with cancer or has dealt with cancer and, and God forbid, you maybe you watch them die or, you know, you help them through this amazing, you know, thing that they're going through, kind of remember that, <laughs> you know, when they're saying, I'm, you know, I'm throwing up into my shirt here or um, I can't talk to you now or I'm just out of it. So that's, that's really what's going on with them. So I just want to, hopefully in the near future, we can come up with something a little better than chemo. <laughs> because that shit is poison. I mean, it's barbaric. But it keeps us alive, hopefully, um, for those of us who are blessed enough to to be alive. And um, and that's all I want to say about that. So I hope I didn't, you know, kind of... Um, you know, make you guys feel too bad, but I just wanted to let you know because that's what I'm about now. I'm about sharing. I'm about, you know, getting it all out there. Well, I just want to say that, you know, it. on a, okay, I have selfish reasons for being on here because of the fact that, you know, I've known you for a long time. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, everything ups, downs, highs, lows, you've always been an original. And you've always been you. You haven't sugarcoated anything. You haven't played. You've played. You haven't played it safe. You've always been straight, no chaser. Like I like my liquor, so that's cool. <laughs> so to have you back here on the air like this now, still upbeat, still punching people in the face with your words, that brings me joy. So I'm glad you're here still. And I don't plan on going out. You're stuck with me, so I'm, you know, get used to it. <laughs> Thanks, Dre. You know what? And that's right. Yeah, I, I will punch you in the face with my words, and literally, if I have to. You know, whatever. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. So let's get into, before we get into the show, I do want to get into, or the topic, I do want to get into something that's been, like, trending all day and for the last few weeks, and actually longer than that. But I want to talk about the Redskins, the Washington Redskins. This, I, um, now today, I had to go to a seminar, so I was, like, in the car all day long traveling to Toledo, Ohio. And if you live in Toledo, Ohio, God love you. I love you. I live in Detroit, so, you know, we we, we, we understand each other. So, but um, I've been hearing this on the radio all day. Now, the Washington Redskins, of course, are called the Washington Redskins. And the Redskins is a term that is offensive to Native Americans. And I kind of just want to get into this and wonder, what do you guys think about this? Amy, what do you think about the, the fact that the, the um, Native Americans would like for the Washington Redskins to change their name? Well, I, don't, I just don't understand why they're bitching about it now. It just seems like we're in that era um, of of deciding to bitch about every single little thing and and fighting for the rights of each little uh, activist group. And don't get me wrong, I mean, I am an activist. I do uh, have advocated for different causes. But, you know, you have these people that just kind of go overboard with the stuff and and um and I just I just find this a bit ridiculous and why it's being brought up now why they've been around for how long and and Q may be able to can answer that question when 
the uh, Washington Redskins first, you know, formed their their team. But uh, right. I just I just find it just completely odd that you know why they're all of a sudden bitching about it now. Um, you know, there's things that I don't like, and there's things that I want to bitch about. But I have a little respect for other people, and so I'm not in Washington, you know, marching up and down the steps about stuff that, you know, I would like to have uh, changed or done. Right. That's well, just that's, that's my thought. Why now? Well, actually, this has been going on for approximately several years, actually. The, um, uh, the Native Americans have brought this up, but it hadn't really been given any credence. And finally, with um, the laws and the courts and all this, it's finally come back around. And what's actually happening at this moment is that the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, um, you know, you have to reapply, you know, every so often for your name um, and your trademark. So it's come to a point where it's time for for the Washington Redskins to do that, and the... um, the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office is saying, I don't know if we want to do this because of what's going on, because of the um, pending suit that's out here to get this name changed. We don't know if we really want to give you the right to to have um, Redskins as a part of your name. So that's that's kind of why it's kind of coming back out, but it's actually been going on for quite a while, actually. So what do you think, Hugh? Do you think this is um, this is something that that even should be looked at now, like Amy was saying? Or, um, well, to answer her question, um, the team was founded, I believe, in the early '30s, um, yep. and as far as this has been something that's been going on for quite some time. Um, I remember hearing about this in the early 90s, so, I mean, it could have been before that because, you know, we didn't have as much information back then that we do now as far as having everything at our fingertips. But um, there have been colleges who have changed their names. Um, the Miami of Ohio used to be called the Redskins. They changed their name. Uh, St. John's University used to be called the Red Men. They changed their name, and this, you know, this has been probably 10, 15 years ago. So it's been going on for a while, but the Redskins in Washington have just been resilient and saying they want to keep their name. And the reason the term Redskins is offensive is because a lot of people just think that it refers to um, a Native American skin color. That's not necessarily the case. Um, I learned this from watching a, a, a Western from back in the day. Um, they had these cowboys who were bounty hunters, and mm-hmm. they would scout the Indians, you know, and the red scouts, you know, the bloody scouts were called red skins. That's how they got paid, how many skins they had. So that's why it's really offensive to a lot of people because it really means that, you know, you scalped a Native American. So it's more more than skin color here. Well, I I want to chime in on this for a second because I I just, I've I've seen this on, I think, the Today Show a few years ago. There was a, a college in University of Northern Colorado and they had an intramural basketball team, and, and they were made up of mostly Native Americans. And they actually named their team the Fighting Whiteys. <laughs> yes, the what? Fighting Whiteys. 
Okay. They were an inch. This was back in, 2000, back in 2002. And it was weird because you know how you have the, the typical, well, the stereotypical uh, Native American uh, caricature, where, like it was the Cleveland Indians or whatever, or, you know, the Florida State Seminoles or whatever. But these guys had like a the fighting whiteies and a picture of this guy like dressed like he was back in the 50s, like during the, during the probably most best era when the country was like really Republican and stuff like that. Right, and like now. They, they, they ended up sold, selling a lot of shirts and T-shirts with the mass, with the with the logo on it, and there was uh, they had to they had to add a phrase fighting the use of Native American stereotypes, and they actually raised enough money to donate a hundred thousand dollars to the college's UNC foundation. So I mean it, it was kind of crazy, you know that they were actually I mean it was kind of ballsy actually to kind of actually come out and do that. You know, after all the years of the Redskins and the Indians and the, the you know, the Chiefs and stuff like that, the Seminoles, right, the right. Redmen, you know, the Orange Men, whatever, you know, to come out and just do that was kind of cool. Personally, kind of like a shot in the arm, kind of like in your face, you know. But, you know, George Preston Marshall back, he, you know, he owned the team back then in the 30s. And, you know, being that Maryland is actually considered a southern state, you know, you kind of had to take it, you know, kinda had, it was kind of status quo back then anyway. You know, so, I mean, you know, and Bobby Mitchell was, like, one of the first players he had, and he was African-American. So, I mean, you know, and it was just crazy. But I, I personally, at this point in the game, at this stage, almost 100 years of NFL football, I'm, I need to let it go. Let, him, let it go. Because, I mean, I could see this was year two or something like that. But, you know, and I'm not, I'm not an advocate of racism. I, I'm not condoning racism of any form. But at this stage of the game, let it go. I mean, all right. Well, that, you know what? That brings me to another question that was actually asked um, today on our, another radio show. Um, as black people, or as people, period, as minorities, should we only care about what affects us? Should we not um, support the Native Americans whose country was literally taken away from them and? And they were performed a major genocide on them. Um, should we not support them for what they find offensive? Because remember, an offense has to do with the person who is offended. They are the ones who get to qualify the fact that they that what you're saying to them, what you're writing about them, or whatever is offensive. The same way as us as African Americans get to say that the use of the word nigger, nigga, well, however you want to put it, is offensive to us, or any type of caricature is offensive. So should we not, because this is another minority, probably the ultimate minority in this country, um, should, we, should we not protect them or help them in their fight? Like many of us also help the um, the you know the the homosexuals and the um, people gay and lesbian communities. Well, I in, would like to chime in on that. Um, I, I was going to say um, I, I think part of the problem is that first of all, Native Americans are very disrespected. Um, they get about as much respect as Kim Kardashian at the Vatican. Um, and part of it is because 
they, you know, kind of keep to themselves. And then also because they're not necessarily, from what I've seen in my life, at the forefront of helping other minorities. Um, I know, I do actually know some Native Americans, and a couple that I know actually have problems with black people for some reason. I'm not sure what, you know, where that stems from. And okay. I guess because they're, they don't necessarily, they're not seen as supporting minorities themselves. No one's really rushing to help them. But I will say this about the name, because I'm kind of indifferent if they change it or not. I will say this. The term Redskins is only heard when they talk about football. You know, it's not like the n. It's not like the n word where people just throw it around daily or whatever. You never hear the term unless they're talking about the football team. So to me, that shows that it's not something that people really take as a as a racist term because you'll never hear it in a sentence unless the people are talking football. Okay, yeah, very very I good mean, point. Yeah. In that group, because we got like eighty something days left before the NFL season starts, which I cannot wait, by the way. But I mean. <laughs> During the whole, I mean, after, I mean, right after the Super Bowl, we really didn't hear too much about it. So, I mean, so Q's right. I mean, it, you know, we didn't hear about this in March. You know, <laughs> we didn't hear about this in April. It was too much March madness going on in April and then, you know, during the hockey season. And we didn't hear about the Redskins until now we got training camps. So, well, training camps about to start. The, the draft has just, you know, ended last month, you know. So we're like, yeah, now we got to talk about it again. I still stay on the point, look, the NFL is almost 100 years old now. Leave it alone. I mean, if it's offensive, then don't go to the games, don't buy the tickets, whatever. That's just like if somebody does not like, I, I don't know, Al Sharpton, then don't tune, to, don't tune <laughs> into his program on MSNBC. Don't, go, don't promote anything that he says or anything that he does. Same thing with Jesse Jackson, uh, Louis Farrakhan, and if you don't like them, then don't look. I mean, it's that simple. We have, we're not programmed to have to watch the Redskins. I mean, unless you, unless it's the only team you got on NFL Monday Night Football that night, and again, you have the option to turn it off. So, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, it. it I'm, I'm, again, I'm not advocating racism at all. Yeah. But it gets to, it gets to a point where it's like, okay, they're not going to change the name. Period. And if the All Redskins right. wanted to help themselves, take the take the Native American off the helmet. They have other logos. They have a logo with a spear and the letter R. And I mean, it would yep. help themselves if you didn't have that to kind of represent the name. I get you. I hear you. Well, what's well, what's happened now is uh, where we're at now is that the ruling that to in order to cancel the trademarks um, has canceled all six trademarks uh, of the team. So the other things you were talking about, Q, those are canceled as well. Um, But what happens next? Though the trademark trial and appeal board rules to cancel the trademarks, the trademarks aren't actually canceled just yet. The Washington football team has two months to appeal, and this is what they're you know doing right now because they they don't want to change. They they're actually wanting to work this out and to stay where they are. So they have a, a two months to appeal the decision in federal court. If there is no appeal, which it actually is already, um, they can affirm it. So then it will be wiped away. But they're fighting it, you know, and it's it's kind of like a back and forth on whether it's the team, the you know, the president of the, the Redskins. I mean, but they really want to 
stay. That's their ruling. They really want to stay. They're Washington Redskins, and they're going to fight it. So, so we can just keep watching and see what happens. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what uh, if they are able to appeal it, then it'll stay the same. I, I just find it very interesting. That's why I brought it up. Cause, ugh. Yes, well, it is interesting, but, you know. Uh, yes, uh, Amy? Chris, I just wanted to say that, you know, I I think we should, you know, stand up for other people and and help other people in their fight. Um, I made a, a post on a on something that he brought up on, on his uh, Facebook the other day about, one of my favorite songs is Only a Pawn in Their Game by Bob Dylan. And okay. the song is about the murder of a black activist leader. And it also brings up the uh, first that we hear about the discrimination against poor white people. Okay. So there, you've got, there, there you've got a song that includes um about the wrong the wrong uh well a black activist leader being wronged so you've got the the African American community being wronged you've got the poor white people being wronged and yeah. you know the song also talks about um you know the criminal justice system and how you know people in the criminal justice system um are the ones who, you know, run run things. And so, um, you know, I, I, that's one of the reasons why I love that song. So, you know, I, I think that definitely we should each stand up for each other um, as far as other minorities and stuff and, and help people. You know, I'm, I'm all time uh, standing up for... Um, a black person who's been wronged, a white person who's been wronged, a gay person who's fighting for their rights, um, you know, just um, people who have been wronged by the criminal justice system. I'm always standing up for and advocating for those kinds of people. So, yes, I, I, I definitely feel that we all ought to, um, as long as people respect you, then respect them and, and do what you can to to try and, and stand up for other minorities besides just your own minority. You're right. I'm glad you brought that up, Amy, because in this America, and truly in this America, it is about money. It's about the socioeconomic status that you are, more so than just your race. Because whether you're poor, um, whether you're white or black, if you're poor, then you are not a part of the majority or of the real minority, which is actually the powerful minority. And that are, you know, the billionaires who are running the country. So that's a good point. And I do want to bring on, we have a new person that just signed on and I want to bring them on from the Mississippi area. Hello, you are on the crystal show. Hello? Hello? Yes, hello. Hey. Hey, hey hello. You are. <laughs> yes. 
You have something to Hello? say about the topic we're talking about? I'm sorry, say that again? You have something to say about the topic we're talking about? Well, I came in on the, the tail end of it when uh, Amy was talking. I, um, I don't know what the full topic is about, so if you just give me a little bit of it, then I can, um, you know, make a comment. That's Lady T, Crystal. I know. I was just going to say, she sounds like Lady T. <laughs> All right, man, you don't recognize that voice. Hey. Hey, what up? Hey. 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 It's a party okay. up in here. Look at this. Hey, it is a party. First of all, we got to say, Lady T <laughs> is a fellow Geminian, so she is honorable just by that period. Okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but no, Lady T, what we were talking about, um, we were before we got into the 90s topic, which is our main topic, we were just, just kind of giving an opinion about the Washington Redskins and the fact that they may have to change their name and trademarks. And we're yeah. asking how you feel about that. You know what? Honestly, I've been thinking for weeks about how I feel about it because I really don't know much about why the name is so offensive, but evidently it's offending a certain group of people to the fact where, I mean, the the franchise I've uh, read has um, recently lost a lot of its patents and trademarks over this. So if this name is really offensive to a certain group of people and belittles them, then I think they should change the name because no one should be made to feel like that. And evidently it's more than just one person. It's a whole group of people, a whole culture and or race that feels some kind of way about this name to the effect where, you know, the franchise is losing patents and trademarks and things of that nature. So I think they should change the name if it's that offensive. And I don't think it will take away anything from the team. I mean, teams have changed their names before in sports. I mean, um, in my hometown, our basketball team has changed their name before, not because of any um, racially motivated um, names or anything, but I say that to say that teams can bounce back from name changes. So if the name is that offensive to a group of people, then I believe it it should be changed. Okay, yeah. You know what? And I, in my opinion, I actually agree as well. I I I really do think that. Um, and it, first of all, I love football, and the Washington yes. Redskins are part of my you know my roster of teams. And yeah, it's been they've been around for a long time, and I've I know that name, and I know exactly where they are, and all that stuff. But it takes. That doesn't take precedence over the fact that the Native Americans are offended. And if you're offended, then yes. I say change the friggin' name to something else. Yes. You know, so, you know, that's definitely how I feel about that. So I say change it, but we'll follow it. We'll keep, you know, we'll see. I'm interested to see what will actually come of this and what will I actually too, happen. I, I am, because, like I said, when I read the other day that the franchise has now lost patents and trademarks over it, I said, you know what, this yeah. is really serious. This, yeah. this is really serious. So they need to go ahead and do something. All right. Well, let's get into our topic of 1990s. Now, I know all of you should know and remember what the 1990s were. And the one yep. of the things, I, uh, the first thing I want to talk about regarding the 90s is, how in the, how did we survive without Facebook? How did we survive without Twitter? 
I mean, I don't how in the hell do we survive without texting somebody? <laughs> that, that, is, that is actually crazy. Text that's crazy because called, folks. <laughs> that's crazy because I mean, if you think about it, the '90s, we didn't. I mean, you're right. We didn't have. They still had a card catalog in the library. Oh my god! Card catalogs. Oh my god! The Dewey Decimal System is right. Decimal you know what I mean? I mean, before, I mean, this was before, we actually had to have conversations with people. I know. I mean, the latest Absolutely. What the hell was that about? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, it, to me, it was crazy. I mean, it's, so, it's, and I think people, we can all agree it's, it's conversations of lost art, okay, as far as when, no doubt. regarding, regarding relationships, whether it's, uh, a romantic or interpersonal, anything. It's, it's a lost art now because we're too busy with the smartphone. I mean, I'm guilty of it myself. I got, you know, I got my smartphone. I I, I use it to, with reckless abandon sometimes. But, you know, still, I, you got to hear that voice because sometimes a lot of texting can get lost in translation. And you can easily Absolutely. get offended or offend somebody else because of it. But anyway, back to that, how we survived with, you know, we, we we wrote letters. <laughs> you know, we we typed stuff. We called people. We went to people's houses and and visited people. I mean, oh it was God, just crazy. Was I don't know how we survived that stuff. And, and yeah, then we had to use phone books and dictionaries. I mean, oh my on. God, a phone right. book? What the it's hell is encyclopedia that? Encyclopedia too. Encyclopedia. What? <laughs> hey, I, hey, I had the world book encyclopedia. We got that stuff sold in my house constantly. But Google is the new encyclopedia now. So. It is. Yeah, Wikipedia. Yeah, Wikipedia like a mug. <laughs> For real. Well, the 1990s had a lot of things that happened, and it kind of changed us all. Um, I know in 1990, it was the beginnings of um, the Operation Desert Storm, which happened, it actually happened in 1991. Uh, Bush was wreaking havoc in 1990, so we can't blame it all on Obama. In 92, right. um, the 27th Amendment was passed, and that was passed regarding um, retroactive pay raises. Now, we're talking about pay raises now regarding the minimum wage. This is stuff that happened in 92 that was, that was going on. Um and in 92, uh, the race for the presidency of the United States, Bill Clinton was the man. He beat yes, out. He was. Right. Slick with it. The first black president, Bill Clinton. Who said bullshit? Of that man. You don't oh, like yeah. Clinton. The first black president. The first black president. Now, okay, oh, yeah. when, when that said, now is that taking offense? Does anybody take offense to that? To him being called the first black president? No, nope. I think he was the people say that because he was actually the first president who, in our opinion, actually, you know, act like he cared about black people. It wasn't because he so, acted like a pimp. Because Kanye yeah. West says George Bush hates black people. Yeah, well he did. So. <laughs> So, you know, we have a, I think as a people, we have a lot of respect for Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. We know he's mm-hmm. white, but so what he's white? That, that's one of those so what he's white moments, you know? We have <laughs> a lot horrible. of respect for Bill Clinton. Person. Yes, he's like an honorary brother. 
I think they were ninjas. The ninjas. <laughs> oh, the Golden Globus movies. American I Ninja 4, American Ninja 5. OJ did it. <laughs> I just think it's a shame that here it is 20 years later, and I saw more coverage of the anniversary of OJ and his trial than I did a month ago with Nelson Mandela being elected president of South Africa. Exactly. And that's not the, yeah. And, but um, I know something else that happened in 1994 off the top of my head because I remember where I was when it happened. When it okay. went down with, with Tanya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan in the Olympics. When Tanya oh, Harding. Oh, yeah. Why? Why? I remember that. Was wrong well. with that. If they only had Twitter back then. I know, oh, right? Man, Twitter would have been on true TV looking washed up and. And she was a great skater. Tanya Harding was a great skater. She did not have to do that. Jealousy. That was Jeff Galuli. That was all his big, bright idea. All he wanted was that money, and he wanted her to be able to win because he was looking for fame and fortune and, and then silly, that silly lard butt friend of his uh, that he... Uh, <laughs> One that set up the, the one that set up the whole uh, uh, hitman and all that, that Sean dude. Oh yeah, he was some sort of character. Yeah, that was all Jeff Galuli. I I truly, truly do not believe that Tanya had anything to do with it. And it, it was so bizarre. One day, my oldest daughter Ashley. We were standing in Walmart at the uh, checkout line, and we were, you know, how they have the magazines at the checkout line. And she pointed to a magazine, and she said, Mama, that's Tonya Harding and Nancy Kerrigan. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, you know what? She was regarding that, I really do think um, she had – something to do with that. I mean, as far as the planning, maybe he started it, but I think she went along with it. Um, I also think that if you have ever read the book, If I Did It, by O.J. Simpson, I did. I read that book from top to bottom, from cover to cover, and that has got to be the most chilling book I have ever read. And if I was on the fence before I read it, afterwards I no longer am on the fence. He did it. There's no way in hell a person could have written that book without Why would you write something like that it? anyway. You're just toying with people. That's right. all he did. That was his way he of confessing. Yeah, I think so too. Ha oh, ha ha! I got away with double murder. Now I'm in jail for stealing my own stuff. Yeah, yeah. Who does that? I watched that entire trial, Quincy. That was my first, um, my first experience of watching uh, trials on of uh, major cases on TV. And wow, I mean, it was just, it was something. He was, he was so guilty, and you know, it, it, it. It aggravates me that whoever's idea it was, whether it be OJ's idea, whether it be Johnny Cochran's idea, that they made that about race. 
as if we didn't have enough of a race war and have had for since forever ago, you know, I mean, that just, that just aggravated me that they did that because it wasn't about race. It wasn't about a black man killing two white people. And, and it wasn't about a racist cop trying to nail a, a black man for a crime. It was about OJ and his jealousy and rage. That's oh, all yeah, it was he was a about. white beater. We all knew that. Mm-hmm. I mean, he beat her. So that's usually what ends up happening in the end anyway. Yeah, yep. no doubt. I, t- <clears throat> I tell you another thing that was did, didn't get a lot of, well, I don't know if they get a lot of coverage over here, but um, in 1994, on April 14th, um, well, I was in, when I was in the Army, um, my unit got shot down. Two of my helicopters in my unit got shot down by friendly fire during Operation Provide Comfort. This was like, you know, we're still doing cleanup efforts for Desert Storm and everything. And so that hit me. That was like a profound moment in, in the 90s for me. And also that's one of the reasons why I got out of the Army, just because I got tired of seeing death, you know, on a you know. Not hey, a regular basis, but that made my decision. Yeah, there was a lot of friendly, quote-unquote, fire that happened during the Desert Storm. I remember Desert Storm, and yeah, I yeah. lost um, a few friends due to friendly fire. And mm-hmm. I just think that's such bullshit. I don't even like that term. Yeah, that's sad. That's sad. But yeah, I mean, oh, you also had... I was going to say, then you have uh, Don't Ask, Don't Tell sometime in, like, somewhere between 92 yeah, and 96. Like, I don't know when it was. That was, about, that was about the same time. I think that was during his second term, I think. The whole Don't Ask, Don't Tell thing came out, you know, because, I mean, it, it was, look, when I, when I was in, there was two things that they definitely, there were no, in the foxhole, there were no gay people or atheists, period, because we were all at that point fighting for our lives, bottom line. So, I mean, I didn't care about the Don't Ask, Don't Tell personally. I mean, it didn't make a difference to me because I was like, look, I'm trying to survive just like you are. So, you watch my back, I watch yours, we get out of here a lot, period. Well, the other thing that happened in the 90s was the Tupac and Biggie, some people call it assassinations, (laughs) and some people just call it murders, those niggas just got shot. (laughs) Right. <laughs> I call it a travesty, and yeah. I will never forget, and I know y'all are going to laugh when I tell y'all this, but you have, I will never forget when Tupac was killed. It was, uh, I was at work at 70 Club that night um, when I was a dancer, and you have never seen a more depressed strip club in your entire life. Girls walking around. I mean, we were all, all of us girls were bawling and crying and hugging each other. And, and man, the whole Tupac Biggie thing, it, it still eats and eats and eats at me to this day because it just should have never happened. Were there sympathy lap dances that day? I'm not just asking. I mean, I'm just asking. Lap dances, just, you know, a bunch of depressed strippers. 
every time strippers. a Tupac song plays, you get free lap dances. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. We we didn't want to get on stage. I mean, we were all just so depressed. And I, I mean, I know it just sounds so funny to hear that, and then you're trying to imagine it in your mind. And I mean, it was just like. Um, Almost like a like a funeral, like like Tupac had worked at the club or something, you know. And yeah. we all knew him. But, well, the interesting, um, the interesting thing about Tupac that I found as I was kind of researching this was the fact that in 1992, he had accidentally killed a young boy at six years old. Did anybody hear about that? Nope, I didn't hear about that one. Yeah, no, they were at a concert. And he had um, him and his little entourage, uh, they had a gun. The gun fell and discharged. And um, it went off and it killed a little boy who was um, in the vicinity. And they ended up paying the family. Um, they didn't give the exact amount, but it was like between three hundred and $500,000 for it. However, the um, I think it was the mother or the family itself, still did not accept that, and they wanted him charged. And what ended up happening was part of his entourage just accepted that they were the ones who had the gun and not Tupac. But actually it was Tupac who dropped the gun. So so when I think about this and then what happened to him in 1996 when he actually died, it's like, okay, wait a minute. Maybe there's something a little more to this than just the biggie thing. You know, was hmm. it just the East Coast, West Coast thing, or was it part of the family who didn't, you know, either didn't get any money regarding this, of course, or just felt, you know, I'm not going to just let this go, you know. Right. Well, I've, you know, I've I've read and heard so many different theories about Tupac's death and you know I mean I've researched it I've got documentary about documentary about it and everything and there's so many theories but this is one that I've you know I've not ever heard of um, you know of course we've heard Jay-Z did it Puff Daddy did it Suge Knight did it. Uh, the Illuminati did it. You know, I did it. and and and, and <laughs> yeah, I did it. So, you, know, you don't, but yeah, wow, this is the first time I've ever heard anything like that. You know, it could have been OJ. Yeah, you know, I was just gonna say that. Asshole, <laughs> man. I was just gonna say that OJ did it. Well, <laughs> we all know that Tupac really isn't dead anyway. He's alive and he's fine. <laughs> he's hanging out with Elvis and Jim Morrison right now at the same bar. Yeah, and they're right. living on Gilligan's Island. They live on Gilligan's Island. Oh, yep. Gilligan's Island. No, they can't get back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. the one thing about the '90s came out the um, lots of different movies. The there was The Matrix, Titanic, Toy Story, The Lion King, Silence of the Lambs, Boys in the Hood. Home Alone, the fellas, but the um, the best movie of the decade was Pulp Fiction. Was that your Definitely. best pick? 
Definitely oh, Pepper uh, Coalition. Yeah. Ooh, uh, Love I, that movie. My favorite movie. And Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. I like two parts of Pulp Fiction, and that's it. I could have done without the rest of it. <laughs> I like the whole twist and turns of it. And, and of course, you know, Sam, my boy Samuel L. Jackson, who is always on 10. No chill whatsoever. This dude. I know, he, right? <laughs> I love Samuel, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to have a conversation with him <laughs> on a regular conversation with Samuel L. Jackson just one day. How you doing, Samuel? <laughs> How the fuck you think I'm feeling? I'm feeling right. pretty damn good. <laughs> That's my boy, man. I swear. He's he uh, know he is definitely. My favorite '90s movie. We're talking my favorite '90s movies. My favorite '90s movie is um, during that era I was into the the chick action flicks, um, the Point of No Return, and yeah, also. Okay. The Long Kiss Goodnight with Jean. Oh, Davis. The Long Kiss Goodnight. Good oh, my God. That was a good movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. Mine Love would it. have to be... Um, Curly Sue. What? Who? Oh, Curly Sue? Curly. Did you just say Curly Sue? Did she say Curly Sue? Did you get the yellow name I would what, have to what, go was, with, what was your favorite movie? I love my my favorite movie up until recently was Face Off with uh, Nicholas Cage really and John good. Travolta. Yeah, um, yeah. But I also have to give a, a strong shout out to New Jack City. Oh, I oh, know. Right? Yeah. Forget about it, man. Forget about it. Nino Brown. Nino. Yeah. Well, that's that basically. New Jack City basically personified black music, a hip-hop culture oh. in the 90s. New Jack well, City, you know, It period. was a hip-hop swing. That was the whole, you know, New Jack City was actually a genre of music. That was a slam yep. soundtrack. Yeah, right. it was, yeah, it was. yeah, it was. Right. I mean, Guy in there, Guy, Aaron Hall, Tell Me Bad, oh, my God. Um. Oh man, Public Enemy. I mean, I mean, Ice yeah, who had, yeah, I the verb, Troop, U.A. Not true. Uh, yeah, Sports hey, MD. Oh, yeah, my. What are you talking about? That's, that's shit, man. I'm not soup. That was my troop. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. You went back there because I, yeah, I had my hot top fade too. What? My favorite decade, and most of the music on my phone is literally from the nineties.
I know. I love yeah. that show. Oh, yeah. I love I watched that. 90210. I did, too. I, I used to watch it, too. I hated Melrose Place, but I like 90210. Oh, my God. Melrose Place. I used to love Melrose Place. I still like the 80s, though. I'm just, I don't know. I know. Especially with music. I know. Yeah, forget about I it. I don't know. I was, I was a grunge guy, so, I mean, I listened to, when I was, I was, I was over in Europe, so, I mean, we had an eclectic style Europe, of music this. just from, no, 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 I mean, this, the first time, the, fir- the first time. No, 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 I'm not blaming Europe, but I mean, because I was over there, it was like, you know, just in the barracks alone, you had a cornucopia of music style. My roommate was what? one of my best friends. You know, we, he got me, and I got him in the public enemy, he got me in the grunge. So we were listening to all kinds of, you know, we, oh my God, all the stuff from that, that era we just listened to. The first time I heard Rage Against the Machine was over in Europe, that was back in the 90s. The first time I heard Tell Me Bad from it was back in the 90s, you know, I was over in Europe. You know, I did not like Call Me Bad, but, you know, the oh, first yeah, time I heard it, I didn't. Call Me Bad was awesome. They're on my oh, phone. Oh, I know. Call Me Bad. Yeah, I like them. I like them. All right, guys, I well, want to bring on one more person who just called in, and um, they're looking like they're calling in from Tennessee, so you know I got to pick up this call. Uh-oh. All right, what's up, Tennessee? You're on the Christmas show. What's up? What's up? Holling at you. This is Rodney Cruz. Oh, hey, what's Rodney. Happening? What's up, homeboy? <laughs> uh, start, start through and give y'all a shout-out on this 90s subject and whatnot. All right. I feel right. like once off of music and TV went in the 90s, so did all entertainment. I'm just trying to bring it back. Just trying to bring it back. That was real music back then. Now it's out. Oh, yeah, there. most definitely, most definitely. I mean, in every genre of music, I mean, Television was off the chain. I mean, now it's, I mean, I remember one episode when uh, Samuel Jackson was on a view, and he sat there and told it way before it even happened. He said, "You know what? TV is gonna die. It's gonna go off to reality. It's gonna be all reality TV." I remember that episode, and wow. lo and behold, all you have on TV now is reality TV. I mean. I and mean, I have to say, all the sitcoms and all the good things, you know, the, the regular, dramatic TV and whatnot. I mean, all that's gone now. I mean, it's off yes. the chain. Well, it is changing you know. because, yeah, reality TV is definitely taken over. We got the reality TV. We have the, and that includes the, um, you know, the the, the concerts of, a, you know, the different competitions, you know, TV. Right, right. So it's uh, like... Everything is real. Is actually just reality, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, what I'm doing right now, like I said, I got a few things going on, you know. And um, one thing that we have going on right now, just started shooting, was the independent women reality TV show. It's supposed to just basically <laughs> okay. put okay, everything Rodney, on a whole new talk level. About reality TV, uh, and then you're right. It's it's it's, a- it's more it's more of a serious tone to uh independent women doing their thing. Mm-hmm. It's not all like all this uh, Atlanta housewives and whatnot with these people all cutting up throughout the whole episodes and whatnot. It's about women building the future, empowering other people and whatnot. I mean, so no uh, fighting? It's not going to fight? No fighting? Uh, you know, it's going to be, you know, anytime you get like eight women together, you know, it's going to be <laughs> so a lot of fun. It is what it is. 
Uh, but, right, right. <laughs> but for the most part, it's going to be positive, though. It's going to be different than any other reality show you've ever I seen. It. It's going to be more based upon, like I said, women out doing their thing, you know, uh, empowering one another, having things, doing things, as opposed to, you know, you watching a, what, 30 minutes to an hour show, women right. cutting up, acting the food, pulling wigs or weave or whatnot. I mean, it's not going to be anything like that. Well, you know what, Ryan, you, you got to tell us, to get, first of all, we got to give you a time to tell us about your production company and uh, the show that you're talking about that's coming out in, in a way that people can get in touch with you. Oh, okay. Well, uh, basically, I have, like, two production companies, me and Gigi Ocasio, based in Dallas, Texas. Uh, we both came up with these two production companies. She basically has an uh, independent women reality show already in the works. So basically okay. all I did, creative writing, you know, scripts and whatnot. Um, Southwest Productions is basically the film company. And we got like, um, we're constantly, well, we're, we're about done with the uh, dramatic series, The Dirty South. It's going to be based Ooh, on... Uh, Dirty South. Undercover cops, whatnot, you know, it's going to be kind of like X-Files, uh, whatnot. It's going to be pretty good. It's going to be deep. Um, what we're basically trying to do is bring back TV. You know, okay. like, like I said, our TV now is a uh, reality show. Yes, true enough, we have a reality show with independent women label, but uh, the majority of our uh, product would be, like, mainly based in dramatic series of, uh, we got we got a movie we're working on called Ball, uh, amongst other things. That's a big project going in the film industry. Okay, then I have the Atlas Entertainment. That's basically uh, promoting uh, independent artists and whatnot. You know, getting their music played, um, setting them up with basically interviews, web designs. Uh, like I said, uh, probably even getting some spots in. Side TV show special appearances, movies, soundtracks, and whatnot. We're doing big things down at Big D. You know what I'm saying? We're doing Yeah, big sounds like it. So where can we, um, you know, look you up on either, what, you're on Facebook, of course, and what is right, your actual right, uh, um, website? We're basically just starting to get full blast. You can go on Facebook and look me up. Uh, you can go look up Atlas Entertainment. Like the site, uh, I'm uh, in the process of getting the web, uh, official web page done for that site. But uh, as far as the Southwest Production site, you can go to it and uh, you can link on straight to the website, read up on us, see some of the projects we got going and whatnot. Hey, we're making big things happen. We're making big things happen. Uh, it's just begun. We just really started launching everything. Like I said, today was the first day they started shooting independent women. You can probably go on my page, a GG Acasio page, an Independent Women page, a Southwest Production page, and you'll see different pics and everything. They're up in NYC right about now shooting that, and I'm up here doing a little lighting and whatnot. Came down here to visit my mom up here in Tennessee and whatnot. You know, right. Chilling. Just chilling, <laughs> get my mind right. Get a little, you know, get a little serene going, you know. Just keep that. <laughs> Well, we got to visit mom, that's for sure. 
Well, I know what, oh, Rodney. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta have one. you. We gotta have you on the show. So we'll hook up and we'll talk about that and get you on the show. We can talk oh, more about what you got definitely, going most on. Definitely, I'd love to have y'all come aboard, you know, and do a little uh, interview with not with my production company as well. You know, hey, it's all love. It's all love. See, that's how it happens. You just hook up. That's I just need. I just need some food, man. That's all I want. Some food. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Hook you up with everything. Food, you know, you name it. You got it. Hey. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Well, the last thing we want to talk about is the um, songs. And I have to, you know, I have to call out my boy, Dre. I do. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I got to do it, okay? It just all, right. All, right. all right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Now, Dre, right. why don't you tell our listeners about your song that you think was the best for 1990? My song, and and I'm, and I'm sticking by it. I'm standing up at five foot three, telling you right now, <laughs> my song, <laughs> the, the, my favorite song from the 1990s was "Alive" by Pearl Jam. Period. All right, guys. I'm gonna let me hear. I'm gonna let you listen a little bit. Sorry, it in Germany than I did ever in my life over in the United States. Anyway, me and my roommate, we got tickets to see Pearl Jam in Stuttgart. Okay? We, you know, we left, we, we ate, did, did our work, ate dinner, and then got on the road to Stuttgart. Right. We had a couple of cakes, we had a couple of six packs of beer and stuff like that and stuff to drink. Got to Stuttgart, got pretty drunk before the show, and... You know, we were in, the, like, the main hall just kind of hanging around before the concert started, and we saw this one guy, long hair, whatever, and started talking to him, and he's speaking perfect English. We thought the guy was German. So we're talking for about, like, a good 30 minutes, and then he just said, yeah, I got to go. I'll talk to you guys later. So I'm like, all right. So we go back outside of the car, get some more stuff to drink, go back inside. When we go to the show, and we noticed that that was a drummer for Pearl Jam. We were talking wow, to this guy. Okay. I didn't even know who he was. Wow. All right. Uh, okay. So, yeah, that's yeah. my right. favorite song. Okay. Now, Amy, I think you have a little bit better song. What was your song for uh, 1990s? <laughs> well, um, you know, I I did listen to um, to um, different genres, but I have to go with my man, Kurt Cobain, Nirvana. Yeah, man. That's my right. Song. Yes. All right, let's let's listen to a little bit of that right now. Let's listen to that right now.
I'm talking about. You know what I'm saying? Oh, right. <laughs> right. How did you not like? Wait, 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 wait. Hold up. Hold on. How did you not like Pearl Jam, but you like Nirvana? I love Nirvana. Kurt Cobain? Are you kidding me? How could you not like Pearl like Jam? Though? Really? Too. I do. I do. Pearl Jam spawned from Nirvana. I don't care what anybody says. Pearl Jam is not. It's all grunge. Seattle, right? It yes, is alternative are. music which was spawned from grunge music. True, Nirvana is true grunge music. And, and, you know, the 90s are almost defined as the birth of a brand-new genre of true. the grunge music. Right. The there, were, there, were, there, were four, there were four bands, but there was Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, and Soundgarden. Those were the four major grunge bands back then. They put out more albums than, than, than Crick. Those are the big four. Oh, yeah. I see them as being alternatives. Okay, there Lady no. T, help us out. Lady T, what was your favorite song, if you can remember, from 1990s? Lady T? Yeah, I'm still here. <laughs> okay. Can I narrow it down? I know, it's so many, right? It's, you it's have so an artist? Many. But I will say, I will say my favorite group in the 90s was Jodeci. Oh, I know. Right? Oh, yeah. Jodeci. Yes. I was a teenager. I was in high school. I mean, you know, hormones, you're feeling yourself, and you're liking boys, and they came out with Stay and Forever My Lady. Forever My Lady. It was just awesome. I just really loved those so much. Mind is uh, speaking of that type of music. It's Humpty Hump. 
<laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, you just get it. I don't care what you were doing, what type of mood you in. You put that in your music. Hey, you're going to be bouncing. You're going to be happy. It's going to uplift you. It's going to have you hype. I mean, yeah. It's something. I mean, it, it wasn't exactly my favorite, but it's one of the first songs that come to my mind. Yeah, that's one of the Tampa yeah, boys down yeah. here, man. Shot G. What up, Shot G? <laughs> Freaks of the industry. Yeah, hey. Because nobody do it like old Hump. Yep. That's where Tupac started, too, now. That's right. Exactly, right. Exactly, exactly. Crystal, can I ask this? Tupac, go ahead and rock this. <laughs> yeah, what's, what's up, you? Do you think 90s was like the one-hit wonder decade? You know I think what? it's when music died, to be honest. Yeah. I mean... We did have a lot I mean, of people come out and never heard from it again. Anything beyond that, I mean, was good. Well, that's like, a great question because it really was. Everything just went downhill. And I ain't trying to, you know, play hey, I mean, you got these people like Lil Wayne and whatnot rapping about, you know, <laughs> you have no idea, you know, okay, what you saying. I mean, as opposed to back then when, you know, they told stories. The music told right, stories. Right, right. Y'all talking about like, music. Yeah, it's like it's like I said, nowadays all it takes is a nice beat, some nice music. I mean, you can repeat the same line over and over, and you good. I mean, that's what I'm trying to use my production company from. You know, I, I wanted to take it back to when you can listen to music and you can actually recite some of the lyrics because you knew what they were saying and you knew what they were talking right. about because you could relate to it as opposed to all this, you know, Okay, what, is, what are they saying? But the music sounds good, you know. I, I want to get right. away from that. I want to get back to, I want to take everything back to grassroots. I mean, that's what I want to do. And, okay, um, this, is kind of, this is kind of funny to me because, and, and, this is, and this song was even back in the 90s, like in the 70s or 80s or whatever, but um, right. <clears throat> Evelyn Champagne King had a song called Love Come Down. Right, I'm I'm there. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get I didn't get that until like last year. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I didn't get that till last year. Like, oh, that's what. Oh, that's what you're talking about. I got you. All right, Evelyn, I got you. But that was the beauty of the '70s and the '80s. They they were they were abstract. They were they were kind of had those hidden meanings, you know.
for coming on board and promoting us. I love that, Amy. That's what I'm talking about. And thank you so much to um, Rodney for for chiming in, and of course, Dre. Dre, you know. Love you, you, baby. I'll be back. Good, good. Hey, like I said, we're we're PBS, so therefore, if you liked it, you had a good time. If you're listening and you had a good time, that means that you have to share it with somebody, and then, you know. Send me money. Listen. What what did you say, Dre? (laughs) Send me money. Send Dre money. All right. Okay, great. Real. All right, so next week we are going to have a young lady who's going to come on and is going to talk about something um, actually very inspirational, and I know um, Q knows, knows her. Her name is Amy Kardashian. She'll be on on the 26th, and um, same time, 9 p.m., and the name of the show is going to be How to Overcome Our Struggles. And the show this um, this time around is our season two. So the show is going to be mainly about relationships, motivation, motivating ourselves, and about, all you know, things like that. And, of course, having a good time and want artists to come on and, and people who are doing their thing, entrepreneurs and everything. So that's what we're promoting. So if you are an entrepreneur, you're a hip-hop artist, R&B, pop, or an expert in relationships, then you all you have to do is email us at thecrystalshow1 at gmail.com and let us know about you and we can set you up to be on our show as a guest. And again, next week we'll be bringing on Amy Kardashian, who is an expert. And um, her life has been, you think my life has been pretty, you know, screwed up? <laughs> her life, um, <laughs> as, yeah, yeah, forget about it. Her life has definitely been, she's literally lived in a war zone. I can use that as a metaphor. Oh, damn. She literally has lived in a war zone. So she's going to talk about that next week. So please call in to ask her questions about uh, her life, how she made it through. And at the end, I do want you guys to make sure you go to thecrystalshow.com, which is a, um, a site that is the official site of The Crystal Show. So check it out. Go on there, and um, so you'll find out everything that's coming up. And we're going to we have some great shows that are lined up, and it's going to be going to have a great time and have a, a lot of fun. But I do want to close with my favorite song of the '90s, and that is "That's Be Ice Cube," Uh-oh. and that is um, where is it at? I got I can't even see it. Oh my god! <laughs> yay! Yay! No, not that one. I'm sorry. Not that one. Oh, where is that? Oh my God, I just had it in my head. Um, well, today was a good day. Today was a good day. Today was a good day, and for some reason I don't see it on here. Oh my God. Um, but anyway, that was the, one of the best songs that I had for um, for my 1990 was Today Was a Good Day. And it was an amazing song. To me, it just just had everything in there. But also another song that I do have on here was No Diggity. And I think it kind of made me... Yeah, yeah. Guy... Black Street. Yeah, Yeah, Black Street. Just just quickly about that song, he went to... um, He went to everybody in his crew... Ask him to do that song, and nobody would do it except for Blackstreet, which was funny. 
So, wow. yeah, I know. I know. But anyway, I'm going to close with that song, um, No Diggity. But anyway, thanks so much for coming on, guys, and I'll see you next week. And hopefully yep, you enjoyed the show definitely. and everything is cool. So, peace, two fingers. Peace. Everybody. Good night, everybody. See ya. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I like the play. No diggity, no doubt. Play on, play at Play on, play at Yo, train drop the verse. It's going down, face of black street. The homies got at me, collab creations. Bump like agony, no doubt. I put it down, never slouch. As long as my credit can vouch, a dog couldn't catch me. Hey, who could stop with Dre making moves, attracting honeys like a magnet, giving them orgasms with my mellow accent. Still moving this flavor with the homies, black street and Teddy, the original rough shaker. Bitch, you don't play around, cover much ground, got game by the town. Getting paid is a forte, each and every day, true play away. I can't get her out of my mind, Wow. I think about the girl all the time. Wow. East side to the west side, pushing fat rides, it's no surprise. She got tricks in the stash, stacking up the cash, fast when it comes to the gas. By no means average, it's on with Baby, you're a perfect 10 I wanna get in Can I get down so I can I like the way you work, kid No diggity I got to bag it up I like the way you work, kid No diggity I got to bag it up I like the way you work, kid No diggity I got to bag it up I like the way you work, kid No diggity I got to bag it up Got class and style, knowledge by the time, baby never act wild.